Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Yeah, so for the past six weeks, we've been unpacking what is a church, and today we are going to close out the series. We're going to put a nice bow on it, and to our online community, I think I'm here, hopefully I'm here, we just, I'm grateful that you are joining us this morning, whatever you're watching, whether, it is nice weather, isn't it? Whether you're on the boat watching this, that'd be really cool. If you're on the boat or if you're just at home right now, we are grateful that you are part of our community. And for the next couple of moments together, we're gonna lean in and just know that right where you are at, God can speak to you and, and, and give you truth. So we're just grateful and thankful that you are online with us. I'm gonna do something different. Hey, can we just thank those online this morning? Come on, they're part of our community. Thank you for joining us. I would love for you to send the link to somebody you know. Do it right now, wherever you're watching this. Send the link to somebody that you know, and I promise that person will be better for it. If you miss any of the, the past couple of weeks, you can go find them on our Facebook account, church. So if you've missed any of the weeks, you can go get caught up on Facebook. But the question is, what is the church? I feel like I should say it like Aaron would say it. What is the church? Who is the church? Maybe I'll just keep talking like that because that's awesome. But it's been so good over these past couple of weeks hearing different aspects of what the church should look like. You may not know this about me, but church, specifically the local church, has played a vital role in my life. It was through the local church that I met and I found Jesus. I thought I was on a path in my life. And once I came to know Jesus and encountered Jesus, he basically did a 180 in my life. And uh, lo and behold, my passion grew for showing others Jesus' love that he's demonstrated on my life. And it's kind of been my calling and my passion ever since. And yeah, I get to do that with you all and specifically middle school and high school students. But what an incredible time to to encounter Jesus, and it was all through the local church. I mean, shoot, I, like, if you're single this morning, I met, I met my girl in the local church, y'all. So um, singles, uh, we're gonna have a meeting right after this for you to, to mingle and, and have coffee with. No, we're not, we're not. <laughs> but that would be cool, though. Maybe I'd be there, too. Just, yeah, I'll be the wingman, the facilitator. That'd be awesome. But I've seen it in my own life. The church has been... Just beautiful. I, I have to say I've, I've found within the church something absolutely beautiful. It's, it's been people. It's been a community that has said, you know what, Jordan, we wanna do life with you. I've had people that I didn't know before this that have come alongside me that, that I wanna do life with, that have said, hey, Jordan, you and your family, we wanna do life with you. And I've seen it in my own life as I think back over the years, the places, the places where I've grown in my relationship with Jesus the most, the places where I've grown in, in my relationship with Jesus the most has always been in the context, now hear me, it's always been in the context of community. 
The places where my relationship with Jesus has, has deepened has always been when there's a flourishing community, a godly community around me. And I wanna set the record straight this morning that as we, that as we wrap this series of what is the church, I, I wanna set the record straight that community, godly community, people around you has to be a key part in what is the church. And that's where we're going this morning in, in this final conversation. We're gonna be looking at community. And here's the title of my message. I know you're looking for one. You've been anticipating this. But write this down with me. Two is better than one. Write this down. Two is better than one. That we cannot live out our relationship with Jesus alone. We can't do it. We cannot do it. If you have your Bibles with me, do you have your Bibles? I did this the last time I spoke and it was... Not very good, well received. Do you have your Bibles this morning? Okay, well, like before, go on your app store, download the Bible, and open it up. We don't wanna just leave it to the screen, but if you don't wanna do that, it will be on the screen. Open up your Bibles to the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes. We're gonna, we're gonna look there in, in chapter, chapter four. And some background on, on this book of the Bible, it's Ecclesiastes is, is part of the wisdom literature portion of the Bible. So there's a lot of wisdom found in here. I think there's, there's Proverbs, there's Ecclesiastes, and I think there's Job as well that kind of make up the wisdom portion of the Bible. And it asks the question, this book of the Bible, it asks the question, what does it mean to live life well? I've thought about that kind of in my own, in my own thoughts. Like, what does it mean to live life well? And, which is so true, I would say, because we have a tendency as humanity, we have a tendency to invest our emotions and our energy into things that have no lasting significance. You hear me on that? We have a tendency as people to invest our, our energy and our emotions into things that have no lasting significance significance upon our lives. But I'm, I'm here to say that community, on the other hand, well, that is something that we have to invest in, that we have to give our time, that we have to give our emotions and our energy to. Here's what it says in, in verse nine of Ecclesiastes chapter four. It will be on the screen behind me. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Some translations use the word succeed here that two are better than one because they will succeed. It's meaning that if you desire to succeed in this life, if you desire that your family life is, is gonna be well and good, that your careers will succeed in this life, your schooling, that you have to do it in the context of community, that two is better than one. Two is better than one. Verse 10 says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity, but pity anyone who falls alone and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Now. We're gonna, I'm gonna pause there and I'm gonna say, we're gonna leave the spooning conversation to another, another week, so 
don't, don't worry about it there. We're not necessarily gonna talk about spooning this morning. But in verse 12, it says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. In a court of what? What does it say, a court of what? Yeah, a court of three strands is not quickly broken. See, each and every one of us have a deep desire, a deep longing inside of us to be known and seen. I tell this to our leaders in our student ministry all the time, that students, they wanna be known. They want, they want their name to be known. You, you need to know their names, but also as well, they, they wanna be listened to. But it's not just middle school and high school students. Each and every one of us, we, we have a desire to be known and seen. Every single person in here, I'm talking to you online right now. Well, no matter where you're watching, it's, you have a need. Well, I'm not even gonna say need, it's, it's deeper than a need, that you have a longing, that you have a desire inside of you to be in community with one another for people to know you and to care about you and to lead you on in this life. It goes deeper than a need, church. It's, it's a longing to be seen and connected with one another. Whether you have it or not, whether you think you need it or not, I've heard this before, like, you know what? I'm just gonna come to church. I don't need any more community. I just need Jesus. I don't need to connect with, with anybody else. Shoot, I mean, for that matter, I don't even need to come to the actual physical church on a Sunday morning. And I'm like, come on. What if I need you? What if you need me? Community is something that is, is at the core of who we are. We long for it in the church. And guess what? The church then has every role to play in it as well. Can I be real with you this morning? Is that okay? Can I be real with you? I've desired community within the church for a long time. Growing up, sure, I had friends outside of church and I still do life with them to this day, but there's something incredible. There's something incredible about doing life with followers of Jesus. Can I get a witness? Yeah? There's something incredible about doing life with those that are pursuing the same thing as you. Those that can call out the good in you. You know what? That was incredible. Keep doing it. There are those that can call out the ugly in you that say, you know what, Jordan, what in the world were you thinking there? Like, come on, you're better than that. And, 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 and then lead you to pursuing Jesus more. See, you don't find that too often in, 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 that, in that sense outside of the community within the church. If you have people around you and they aren't pushing you to know Jesus, can I say find another community? Can I say that? Find another community. If you don't have those around you that aren't pushing you towards Jesus, find another community because it's important for us in this house that you find your tribe, that you find your people that you do life with. We said it from the beginning of Planting Restore. We said we wanna do three things, okay? We wanna do three things. One of those is gather in community. And I'm here to tell you, this is great right here, but we didn't write that statement down as this is the only time that we do community in this church. You hear me on that? 
This is not the only time that, that we can gather. Our desire isn't to just get people in seats. Our desire isn't to gather a crowd. Our desire is to have community. Our goal is for you to be connected with one another, where life is then flowing back and forth. And, and I wanna tell you, if you're taking notes this morning, that community has to be a non-negotiable in your life. You can't, you can't skimp on it. You can't swap it out for something else. It has to be the key ingredient in your walk with Jesus. If you're gonna thrive in this life, if you're gonna succeed, if you're gonna thrive for telling people about Jesus and making an impact in the, area, or in the areas of, of your influence, you're gonna need people around you. You're gonna need people around you to push you on to know Jesus. Look back in verse nine with me. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. I love it. It's basically saying that if you wanna flourish in this life, if you wanna flourish in this life the way that Jesus has intended and designed for you to do, it's not gonna happen on your own. It's not gonna happen outside of the context of community. I believe that we only function properly when we are deeply connected with others because it's what we're made for. Dennis, it's what we're made for, isn't it? If, if the pandemic has revealed absolutely anything, it's revealed our longing and our aching for real community. I remember how I felt when, when those uh, 15 days were kind of up to slow the spread and I got to see people in real life other than my incredible wife. Babes, I love you, right? Like, but y'all, I needed to see your faces. And my body, my, my soul kind of longed for it. There's, there's something to that because think back to, to the book of Genesis with me. I think it's um, Genesis 2.18 where, where God breathed his breath of life into Adam, right? But then he didn't leave it there. He, it didn't take long for us to see that we are in need of a helper, a partner, a community around us. The Bible says that it's not good for man to be alone in what we see from the very beginning of age, that we are intended to be in community. And let me be clear though, you cannot separate following Jesus from community. Fully living out this, this Jesus way living this thing out, experiencing freedom in your life, understanding your identity in Christ, living out your calling that he has for you, all those things, experiencing freedom, knowing your identity, living out your calling, I truly believe happens in its fullness in community. You hear me on that? It happens in its fullness when people followers of Jesus are around you that you cannot separate following Jesus in community. It, it, you just can't separate it. See, let me be clear. Jesus is all that you need for salvation. It's one name. It's one person. It's Jesus. You need nothing else. But the minute that you walk through the door of salvation, God says to you, now, now guess what? Go and get connected. 
Go and get connected to those around you. Nowhere does it said, you know what, Jordan, it's just, it's just you and me. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. It's quite the opposite. God says you can't love me and not be connected to people. It doesn't work like that. Community, all that God has called us to, all that we are to experience, all that we have the heart, our hearts for happens in its fullness in community with people around you. Two is better than one. Why? Well, let's look at verse 10. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone, pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. See, here's what I've come to in my 34 years of existence. Y'all, I'm 34. Some of you wouldn't imagine that, and I'm grateful for that. I do look young, and it's incredible. (laughs) Oh, man. Don't point out my gray hairs. But I'm not always going to get it right. As much as you think I'm perfect, no. But guess what? You're not either, right? You're not either. But that's where God's grace comes in. That is truly shown in all my mess ups and all my failures. His, his love for me is still there. And that's the beauty of it. So I'm not gonna have my A game some days. I'm gonna fall and sometimes, guess what y'all? I can fall pretty hard. But if I have community beside me that has depth to it, not just the like, hey Jordan, how you doing? The weather's nice, it's good, yeah. How's family? Good. If I'm doing life on life with someone and I happen to say the word fine, right, Brax? <laughs> He'd be like, okay, so tell me more. When you have those people around you who can see you and know your struggles, it's because it's when I'm isolated that I'm in trouble. It's when I'm isolated that I'm in trouble because there is nothing more that the enemy loves than to get you isolated on your own with nobody else around you. Here's what it says in 1 Peter um, chapter 5, verse eight. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. What Peter is saying here is that there's, there's an enemy out there and he has a scheme. Have you ever watched um, uh, a documentary on, let's, like, uh, what's, what's, what's it, um, Animal Planet or Discovery where there's a lion and he's preying on, let's say, like a herd of deer or gazelles? Nod with me if you've ever seen this. Come on, I, I need some help this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, this is a good representation of 1 Peter 5, 8, where you have a lion seeking and praying on, let's say, like a herd of deer, a gazelle, and, and think for a moment with me. As, as the lion inches towards his prey, which one of, of the deer or the gazelle 
is the lion going to attack? Ask the question to the person next to you. Who do you think that the lion would attack within that group? Ask him, go ahead, ask him. Who would the lion attack in that group? Because I think it's a really good question. Who would the lion attack in that group? I'm guessing you would probably say something like, well, the lion would probably attack the weaker one. Or the lion might attack the smaller one. And I'd say, well, I mean, you might be right. You might be right in that. But I did a little bit of research on this. Because in reality, because of the herd mentality of of deer or gazelle, what they will actually do when they are sensing a predator approaching them what they'll do is that they will surround the smaller and the weaker ones. Surround them so that the, the, whoever is, 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 is preying on them, those are the ones that won't be attacked. They will surround the weaker ones to protect them from the scheme of the predator. And I think it's so fitting. It's such a good example and illustration here because this is what Peter's getting at. He's saying, be watchful because the enemy has a strategy and he's seeking you out like a roaring lion. Which led me to this. You show me someone who is isolated. You show me somebody who's alone and I'll show you someone who is primed for the attack of the enemy. In fact, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a German theologian, said it this way, sin demands to have man by himself. It withdraws him from the community. The more isolated the person is, the more destructive will be the power of sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in that sin, the more dis, uh, disastrous is, is his isolation. Sin demands a man to be by himself. Like, th- think of David in the Old Testament. Many of you know the story of David. The Bible calls David a man after God's own what? Heart, yeah. Some of you know the story, but when David was at his best, When David was at his best, he was with what the Bible calls his mighty men, like a band of brothers. And what you see in David's life is that when when David was at his best as a king, as a warrior, as a man, he was connected to his community. But when David was at his worst, you can guess, when David was at his worst, when, when his life began to spiral out of control, when he fell the hardest, it was when his mighty man, his band of brothers were nowhere around and David, where, where was he? He was isolated on a rooftop, wasn't he? He was isolated on the rooftop and the enemy came to devour him, seeking to approach him and get, what did he do? He saw Bathsheba bathing and he lusted after her. He committed adultery with her. You know the story. It can be like this rabbit hole of sin in his life that led him to lying, to murdering, and trying to cover it up, right? It was David being isolated that made him prime candidate for the enemy to attack. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes this morning, that failure in isolation 
can be fatal. Failure and isolation can be fatal. When you're walking with Jesus and you mess up and you fall down, you fail, you're not on your A game and you're all alone, it can be proven fatal to your faith. But can I give us hope this morning? Can I give us hope this morning? Can we not be a church that lets somebody fall alone? Can we not be a church that lets somebody fall alone? That, that we're not gonna be that kind of a church. We cannot be a church that allows somebody to come to church on a Sunday morning, sit in these pews, but then exist outside of community in this place. Godly community. We need to be a tribe of Jesus followers, y'all. A church that refuses to let someone struggle alone. And you might say, well, Jordan, I don't know. People struggles. And you're probably right. But you don't know it because we haven't gone out and connected with one another. And truthfully, we all fall. We all fall, fall short of... Um, God's standards in our lives in, in Romans chapter three. We're gonna blow it time and time again. But we don't have to fall by ourselves. We don't have to fall alone. We know we're gonna mess up. That's why we need people around us that will help us and restore us to where, to where God, what God has for us. Look in verse 11 with me. I, I, made, a, <laughs> I made a joke about spooning but look what it says in verse 11. Also, if two lie down together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? I initially glanced over this verse, but I do wanna take a moment here and, and talk about what it says because the core of what this is meaning here is that friends, people, community, bring comfort to your life. There's been nights where our boys, in the middle of the night, because of a, let's say like a thunderstorm, they'll hightail it into our bedroom and yeah, we're like, I think because we're just so tired, it's just like, yeah, get in bed. I just want to sleep, right? And like, get in bed. Let's... I can't tell you how many nights then you wake up later on, a couple hours later, where we are like, we're drenched in sweat, am I right? Like, <laughs> because of those little warm bodies next to us. Any parents out there? Anybody feel me on that? <laughs> yeah. And it, it reminds me of this, specifically with this verse, that when you're close with somebody, they bring comfort to you. There, there's like this heat transformation that will, that will transfer over to you. And it's the same with community. It can, be, it can be the littlest conversations with somebody that can stir up the, the heat and the warmth, the comfort that we need in this life. And I'm here to tell you that there are times in my life where I need comfort, where I need somebody to just listen to me so I can just vent, where I need somebody to give me strength, give me perspective, remind me of who I am. That's not to mean that, that we just, that I throw this thing out and, and I, I, I just fully lean on community. No, get in the word, find perspective, find God's truth right here for your life. But then I believe God will reveal these things to you with those around you. God's truth is fulfilled in community. This is the desire for this house and this church. 
for this place to be a launching point for you to go out and connect with godly community. You don't have to do life on your own. You have the opportunity to be part of God's work right here, right now within this church. Are there risks? Oh, you bet there are risks to it, right? Everybody nod your head. There are risks to being in community with one another, right? We are messy people. Shoot, we're messy. But that doesn't give us the excuse to not pursue. That doesn't give us a reason to push off community because of what might just be short-term risks that quickly tip the scale and we miss out on all the benefits of community in our lives. Do we always get it right as the church? No, we, do, we don't. But we know from the very beginning that community is important to us and we know the need to connect outside of just a Sunday morning from 10 o'clock to 11.30. We know there's the need there. So how do we do this as people, as a body of believers? First one is this. We mentioned it in, in the host moment this morning. It's dinner parties. And you might say, well, Jordan, I, like, ah. Y'all, there's food involved. There's, there's no reason that you shouldn't be attending one of our dinner parties coming up in June. It's an incredible, incredible time, a good launching point for you to connect with, with those around you outside of the Sunday morning experience. I'm telling you, some of the best um, conversations and, and, and launching point for me with people has come in the context of these dinner parties. Like Marlon and Juanita, like I was with you guys at the Hostetler house that very first time we had dinner parties. And, and it was in that moment that I connected with your family, Bailey, Brady, like, right? You, you remember those times? Like, it was incredible. Dinner parties is a great launching point for you to step in. The people around you, there are kids options. So if you have little ones and you can't get a babysitter, there are ones that, that have kid options. And I know there's ones that have pools. Gene and Brenda's house. Just giving you some help. Coming up in June. Open your phone right now. Go to our website, restore.church. Coming up in June. There's so many different options and nights for you to be connected. And it's cool. Like, if, if you're here, you're single, you don't have a spouse with you, it's, it's totally fine. Come and hang out and find community with us. There's so many, so many options and restaurants and good food that you're gonna wanna be a part of. Coming up in the fall time as well, we're gonna have cruise, our launching point for small groups. It's kind of our language around small groups. We're gonna have more on that in the next couple months of, of just a, a time longer than just a dinner party. But I, I should go back to dinner parties, though, because... It's not just June. We're gonna do dinner parties in July and August as well. Make sure it is on your radar. And then lastly, we say it all the time around here. You wanna get connected outside of the Sunday morning experience? You wanna get involved? I would encourage you to jump into one of our serve teams here. Jump into on a serve team, not just because we need more bodies, not because this ministry doesn't have enough people or anything like that. I'm not saying any of that. 
Some of the best conversations or examples of community has been derived from serve teams. Do you wanna get connected? There's something about serving with somebody next to you, doing life together within the context of showing people Jesus that I'm telling you will spur you on. There's, jump on the serve team and then get somebody that you know to, to jump on a serve team with you. Because there's nothing better than jumping on a team with somebody that you know and you do life with, that you guys can connect and connect with others. You don't have to do this alone. You might say, well, Jordan, uh, I just don't, I don't have the time. I really don't have the energy or the effort. Uh, it's kind of inconvenient to do any of those things right now. I'm not great at meeting people. I'm kind of awkward. Or I've tried it before. I've, maybe I've went to a dinner party before. For whatever reason, you didn't connect. Can I tell you this morning to get up and keep moving, to keep pursuing it? Don't get in the mindset that says, Oh, I just want to pull up to the church and I, I just want them to bring the groceries out to me, right? Kroger, pick up. Anybody feel me on that? Wives, moms, yeah, yeah. Like you, you show up and just the ease and the convenience of, of having that mindset. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. Believe me, we use it. But we cannot have that mindset here at church where you just pull up to the outside drive and oh, here I'm at church. Oh, 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 like, can you just bring out community to me? Like, I don't wanna put a lot of effort in. I don't even wanna open up my door. Ugh. can't have that mindset because you could plant yourself in that pot of convenience but you're never gonna grow to your fullness in that pot. You're never gonna grow in the fullness of what God has for you with that mindset. I wanna give you, lastly, I wanna give you permission. I feel like it just needs to be said. I wanna give you permission to get somebody's phone number here in this church. Shoot. We don't have to go out to the restaurant right after this. What would it look like in your life if you took two minutes of your time before you walked out of this place and connected with somebody? Yeah, I could start with a, hey, how are you? But I wanna give you permission because I feel like so often we put ourselves in the box and it's like, here I am, did my time with God this morning, got my praise on, Brax, that was an awesome song, but then we quickly walk out of this place, never to experience community from Monday to Saturday till we walk back in. And is that what we want? Is that what God has for us? I believe it's no. What is the church? It's you and I living this thing out that we cannot do life alone. I wanna land this morning going back to where we started. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine, it says, two are better than one because they will have a good return for their labor. If anyone falls down, one, the other one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls alone, has no one to help them up. If two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered, two, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. See, I really should have named this 
conversation, three is better than two. Off of verse 12. Three is better than two. Because three strands isn't quickly broken. See, I brought some of these with me this morning. Y'all been wondering what in the world these things have been dangling here, I know. I can tell. This is what our lives look like a lot. Whether it's just us, whether it's community or Jesus. This is what our life has looked like. We're tempting to do life with maybe just uh, our community. You would say, Jordan, you know what? Yeah, I, I have my community. I'm doing friends with them. We're close. We, we talk a lot. We, we start wrapping our lives around each other. But here's what happens when you don't look at verse 12, and you just have you and, and your, your, your community around you without Jesus. The moment, the second that life gets hard, the moment where the diagnosis comes or, or the friend, you know, like leaves you, the moment where there's pain and there's trouble and there's heartache and things are just rough and, and life is coming at you and it's beating you up, look what happens. It begins unraveled, right? Two is better than one, but three is better than two. You might say, Jordan, I, it's just me and Jesus. It's just me and Jesus and Stephen Furtick on YouTube. <laughs> that wasn't for anybody here. <laughs> but what happens? when you need community around you, godly community. Uh, you send a prayer request to Pastor Furtick. Is he gonna be at your bedside? See, our DNA from the very beginning, God says you cannot be alone. But it's in three strands right here. Check this out. I didn't braid it at all. <laughs> cord of three strands is not easily broken. It doesn't matter how bad things get. Friends trampling on you. Your doubt in Jesus. Bad situations come. You know what happens? The cord is still strong. Because it's you. It's Jesus. It's community around you. This is what your life should look like. When you hop on your phone and the temptation is there to put distance between you and Jesus, I want you to be strong. When you jump into work and you go back to work and you wanna advance in ways that you know you, you probably shouldn't, I want you to be strong in that moment. When there's temptations to talk bad about somebody around you, oh, you don't know so-and-so. Can you believe what she did? I want you to be strong. You gotta have all three strands in your life, you, Jesus, and godly community. Why don't you bow your heads with me as we, as we close this time? As we land this collection of talks today, I'm gonna to ask you very simply, with no one looking around, with no one looking around this morning, that you would say, hey, Jordan, you know what? I'm that person that is uh, far from Jesus this morning. 
that he's not, he's not one of the strands, one of the three strands in my life. My life isn't wound together with him. And you need to invite him into your life this morning. This is the moment that you add him to your cord. There's that small tap on your heart right now. Your palms are sweaty. He's saying, I'm here. It's God nudging you to invite him in to your life. Maybe that's you this morning and you say, you know what, Jordan? Yeah, like I need community around me. And it's just been hard. If that's you this morning, maybe now's the time, today's the day that you, you're brave and that you're strong and, and you go up and you say, hey, you know what? I wanna get connected around here. Maybe you sign up for a dinner party. Maybe you get on a serve team. But that's, that's you this morning and, and you would say you don't have a relationship with Jesus. No one's looking around right now. If that's you, I wanna pray a simple prayer with you. Before we get that, if, if that is you and, and you wanna say, yes, I need Jesus in my life. I need him as one of the strands. Is that you? Would you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with this morning? If that's you, any, any of this, uh, all, over, all over the building this morning, and those online, online right now, DM us, shoot a quick message to us. We would love to pray with you, partner with you in this and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. If that's you, anywhere in the house this morning, if that's you and you need Jesus in your life. Yeah, yeah, I see that hand. Here's what I want us to do as a community this morning. We're gonna pray this prayer out loud with, with those making the decision to come close to Jesus and uh, to come close with Jesus this morning. And, and I, I want you to be part of that so they don't feel alone. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, repeat this after me. Jesus, come on, say it like you mean it. Jesus, today I give you my life. I thank you for giving yours for mine. Today I choose to follow you. Help me follow you with everything that I am from this day forward until I see you in heaven. Amen, amen. Now, could you join me in this? There are people that have made that commitment this morning. Could you just, we're excited for you. Thank you, thank you for making that decision. For those online with you right now, thank you for making that decision with us this morning. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.